Welcome to Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast, where we explore marketing trends and technology, gaining insider knowledge from the industry's best. Fjord is proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host Joe Barsness. Thanks for joining us on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. I'm Joe Barsness from web and mobile development team Fjorge. And today on our show, we'll be talking with Kathleen Shannon from Braid Creative. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm so excited to uh, extend our conversation in this platform. Um, But as always with our guests, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and Braid Creative. So tell us uh, a little bit about your background and then the story that is Braid Creative. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Kathleen. I live outside of Detroit, Michigan, but Braid Creative is headquartered in Oklahoma City. There's about eight or nine of us at any given time. So we're a really small, but I think mighty agency. We've been around for a little over 10 years. Actually, we're about to... We just celebrated our 11 year anniversary. It was like, we always think of September 1 as our anniversary. So I've been saying 10 years for the past year. (laughs) Year. Now it's 11. The years go by faster as you get older, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But congratulations. That's still a a very uh, great milestone that you've hit. Not a lot of businesses last that long. Right. And so I also happen to own Braid Creative with my sister, Tara, and we have a third partner. So again, for a small agency, it seems a little excessive to have three partners, but everyone that we hire and work with and ourselves, we're all senior level talent. So there's, you know, it's it's a really interesting model or a really interesting agency setup. We have a lot of the traditional setup as far as having an account director, a creative team, a media team, but all of us are still wearing many hats. We like to think of all of us on our team are creative and all of us on our team are very much strategic. We are always really working for the client and on the client side in a really collaborative way. So you know how there's usually that tension between agencies and the clients and sometimes between the creatives and the account directors. There's none of that happening on our team. We are all, you know, in this ship together. We are a tight crew and we like it that way. So we're all creative. We're all strategic. We all love working together. We all love the work that we do and we really like our clients. So we've been around for 10 years. My sister and I started our agency after working in advertising for quite a few years together. I decided to go free freelance for a year and just see what that was like. I enjoyed it. It was great. I was in my, you know, mid 20s. It was the perfect time to try it out. And it was successful and successful enough that it gave my sister the confidence to quit her job as a creative director at an ad agency. We partnered up and started Braid Creative. And out the gate, we thought that because of our work at the advertising agency that we worked at was really Um, in financial institutions and credit unions was the niche that we came from. We thought that we might go ahead and do that going into our work together, just being this like really small creative duo, kind of a traditional copywriter slash designer team that helps credit unions with their marketing and branding. But what happened is that I also happen to have a creative blog on the side where I was blogging about you know, typical lifestyle stuff. And this was really at the height of all of that in 2008, whenever really that started taking off. So I was blogging about remodeling my home. I was blogging about learning how to cook. Basically, it was like, I'm becoming an adult. I'm fumbling through it. 
let's let's do this together. I'm going to share the journey along the way. And I've always been really into capturing and shaping and sharing who I am as a person, the experiences that I'm having, the adventures I'm going on. And, you know, back in the day, people might say like, oh, this is this is fake or this is but it's even before social media. Right. But now people might say, oh, this is just for the gram. You know, it's just for social. But at the same time, like you can end up living a really cool, interesting life whenever you are intentionally thinking about how does this turn into content? Obviously, this is a whole other conversation where that can swing too far. And then there's yeah. whole influencer culture. But this was before all of that, right? So I was really pretty naively shaping and sharing my life as it was. So whenever I quit my advertising job to become a freelance graphic designer, I was sharing that along the way as well. And this was also before people were sharing secrets, you know, or like openly sharing their knowledge of what they know. And so the fear used to be, well, if you're sharing everything, then who's going to actually hire you for that? Like there was, and there was just a lot of secrecy, like don't tell, don't tell your competition what you're doing because then they're going to do it and steal your work. But I decided to just go for it. So I was openly sharing everything that I was doing from how I was managing clients and coming from an agency background, I was incredibly organized for a freelancer and incredibly business-minded. I already understood how to do things like invoicing and even just the trickier, more nuanced things like sure. client management and project management. So I was sharing all of this along the way on my personal blog and ended up accidentally positioning myself as an expert in working for myself. And with that, I really started to attract a lot of creative entrepreneurs who were also reading my blog and then hiring me to do their graphic design. So things like their logos and really brand identity. Sure. So whenever we started Braid Creative, we thought that we were going to work in this financial sector. But it turns out, a lot of the people who were following me on my blog wanted to hire us at Braid for this more higher level strategic brand platform. And so that's what really started our positioning and expertise in personal branding. So one of our biggest, earliest wins was I was also doing book reviews on my blog. And I decided at Braid Creative, we should create a blog. Like, And this was, again, before everyone and their dog had a blog. Now it's everyone and their dog has a podcast or a YouTube channel. Yep. But this is back in the day before a lot of agencies or business entities were really following this content sharing model as a lead generating tool. And I really wasn't even thinking of it as a lead generating tool. I feel like I've gone about everything I've ever done in just a, this sounds like fun. Like there wasn't much strategy whenever it comes to business development, Um, but it's always gone places. So I, I had a blog on the Braid creative website and it's still there. And I oh, did yeah? a book review of Brene Brown's Daring Greatly book. It changed my life whenever I first read it. And whenever I wrote that blog post, I tweeted at her like, hey, I did a book review of Daring Greatly. She happened to read that book review. And a month later, she was going to be on Oprah and needed a rebrand. And so she reached out to us because she saw this branding agency did a book review of her book. We were familiar with her work and she needed our services. So we ended up rebranding Brene right before she went on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. And that was just a huge win for us because it created 
um, a reputation for us as working with someone with that kind of stature. And then from that, we started to attract a lot of life coaches and therapists. Okay. So a lot of our work in our portfolio that you'll see even up to this day is in branding for life coaches and therapists and other helping professionals, along with other personal brands and creative entrepreneurs. Really people, like whenever I say personal branding or creative entrepreneurs, I'm kind of talking about people and or small businesses or even nonprofits or organizations that really want to blend who they are, like their personality and their people into the business and the work that they do and the mission that they serve. I mean, you you kind of fell into it, but it definitely feels like you kind of were doing that without knowing it um, when you started this. My question is, do you still have, do you still do any work with um, uh, credit unions? Okay, yeah. So the funny thing that happened is that we thought that we were going to be doing credit union work. Yeah. We didn't have a single credit union client for probably eight years. It was only up (laughs) until a few years ago that we finally got our first credit union client. So that actually really felt like a full circle moment. So we started to create such a name for ourselves in working with solo entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs, and small businesses because of my blogging and content sharing, that ended up taking off. And that really became the backbone of Braid Creative for so many years. Um, From there, we started launching things like online courses. This is, again, at the height of online courses, like kind of just having our finger on the pulse of what was happening and how we could be a part of that in a new way. And that was the beauty of starting a branding agency you know, 10 years ago is that we weren't so stuck in how we had already been doing things that we couldn't try new things. Like we were just able to try a bunch of different things. So we never worked with a credit union client, but we did keep our relationships with people that we had worked with in the past and um, including coworkers and past clients and vendors. So we had kept up all of our relationships. And then I would say it was probably four years ago, we ended up bringing on, four or five years ago, we brought on a third partner who has expertise in media buying. And she's also just incredible with client relationships and strategy. And so whenever we brought her on, we were able to then actually expand our team to about eight people because we did end up landing Oklahoma's largest credit union, which is Tinker Federal Credit Union. So we are their agency of record. And so whenever we started working with that, them, we started, again, with this content sharing strategy that we've had along the way, Sure, we started going back to credit union conferences and speaking on things like social media or the power of video or sharing content and marketing and branding for credit unions. So we started getting ourselves back out there. And we um, have this huge credit union. It really, It really did feel like a full circle moment because... That's what we set out to do. It took eight years to realize that goal, but it it happened. But then we were in a tricky predicament because we had made such a name for ourselves in personal branding. How do we now kind of create this second silo in our business that's credit unions? And does that... Now that feels real unsexy compared to working with like <laughs> Dr. Brene Brown, sure. right? Like it's, it's two different worlds. And it took actually a couple of years of just living it and working it to 
try and find the overlaps, to try and find, you know, what's different, what's the same, what can we bring from what we've learned about our process and how we work with solo entrepreneurs and small businesses to bring more personality into the work that they do? How could we take some of what we've learned there into the work now that we do with credit unions? So our method and our process for working with organizations to solopreneurs is very much the same. We scale it accordingly, whether we're working with a board of directors or a team of marketing professionals that have a healthy budget to a single you know, creative entrepreneur, whether that's a videographer or a life coach or a yogi, whatever they might be, you know, it, it is scaled accordingly. Got it, yeah. I. I love that story that, you know, you have a successful business that got there, but it it isn't always exactly where you plan, where you end up heading. And good to see that you that you eventually got back to where you're heading. At least now you know what it would have been like if that's where it would have started, right? With that with all of that. So. Well, and who knows? Who knows what it would have been like because we yeah. did learn so much along the way and I wouldn't have wanted it to be any different. Yeah. And I want to go back to one of my favorite analogies is this oversharing of content that people are like, well, you can't just give everything away for free. And one of the ways that I look at that is taking a sports analogy and I'm a golfer, right? I can have somebody tell me I could watch a million videos. I could practice a million hours and I could get all the tips in the world but I'm not going to be Tiger Woods. Right. You have to have some sort of, like, they can give their tips away for free, and I'm maybe going to shave a stroke off my average in a year, and that would be awesome. Right. But the same thing goes for the business world. We're like, share the tips so people have confidence that you can do it, but you still might need somebody else to help you along the way. Absolutely. And even using your analogy, let's say that you have a golfer that you really like following and they are giving a ton of tips on YouTube on how to improve your swing or whatever it might be. And they are literally teaching everything that they possibly could. They're putting it all out there. But then there's something different if you were then to hire that person one on one to give you lessons, to give yes. you golfing lessons. You, they could be saying the exact same thing, but then there's something about them being right there with you, looking at you doing it, Joe, and seeing what your patterns are and giving you these minor cues and adjustments to then significantly improve your game. And yep, I think that's the same thing whenever it comes to our industry. So our, my philosophy is just to give it all away for free. Just share as much knowledge as you can. It will never lead you astray. Just be generous. Right, and... And do what's right for everybody, right, in in this world, and it will all work out in the end. All right, so my next question is, you talk about personal branding and the things that you are doing for small businesses and and, and individuals. I want to know if you've ever done podcast work, because you mentioned everybody used to do podcasts. Like, let's talk about you know, your experience with different folks doing that and what we're doing right now and where is it headed? What do you think about that world? Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, podcasting. So, okay, in 2014, 2015, my business bestie, which is the a business bestie is someone that you have like business conversations with where sure. there's a certain amount of trust and you're literally talking dollar bills, like you're talking money, you're talking clients. It's kind of like a one-on-one mastermind, right? So my business bestie, her name is Emily. She was the one that was always... Uh, convincing me and pushing me to do things like creating an online course for the braid method or to, you know, just try new things, try new innovative things with my business. And in 20, like it was late 2014, she approached me and said, hey, I've got an idea. We should start a podcast together. We have all of these conversations behind the scenes they are so insightful and helpful. They push our individual businesses forward. What if we just hit publish on these conversations and started a podcast? So we started a podcast and we used our our expertise, our combined expertise. So she was helping bring um, small businesses online with their web platforms. And I was doing branding and marketing. So helping to create brand platforms for businesses and personal brands and that sort of thing. So we took everything and along the line here too, there's also this kind of almost coachy element to the conversations that we were having with people who would ask us for tips and advice, like around creating confidence in starting your own business or cultivating boundaries around not just working all the time or becoming a workaholic. So we were already having all these conversations. We decided to start a podcast and at the time we started our podcast, we it's called Being Boss and it's still around. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Being Boss, it um as of the last I heard, it has over 10 million downloads, which is wow. healthy for yeah, like, but if you're comparing yourself to like the big guys, right? Sure. It's not a lot. But whenever we launched, we were the only females in the top 100 of iTunes business category. And at one point we did hit number one in business on iTunes. And this is also at a time where we were just kind of in the right place at the right time and really took off. I think that it helped that, again, we were just sharing everything that we knew. We were already practicing sharing content for a really long time through blogging. And now we were able to create this podcast. And that podcast still remains in the 0.01% of listen to podcasts on iTunes. So like we're in the top, you know, 1%, even tighter than the top 1%. Mm-hmm. But there's so many podcasts that, sure. you know, still it's in relation, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's not I'm as impressive say, like, as it sounds, I'm, but I'm it's trying impressive. to say like we're a big deal, but we're not yeah. a big deal. Like, you know, it's you a little say bit of you're, both. You can, you can say you're a big deal. I think you're a big it's deal. It's a little bit of both. But that podcast went really mainstream. And I think that, again, we were just kind of like riding the girl boss wave, which is also now seeing a big crash. Like there's a big, you know, everything's a pendulum, right? Sure. And now there's the revolt against the girl boss and how it's burning people out. And I actually did get burnt out. So at the in early 2020, right before the pandemic hit, I was just feeling like I need just one job. And if I have to choose between Braid Creative and Being Boss, and Being Boss became a huge thing where it was not only a podcast, it had then become a conference. It had become a mastermind group. It had become retreats. We got a book deal out of it. So in 2018, we wrote and published a book with Running Press. And... um, 
you know, it became that we went on book tour. Like it was wow. a ride. It was a ride. Like it really hit some mainstream success. And I'm really proud of the work that we've done over there. And so in early 2020, though, I was feeling burnt out. Emily wanted to continue to grow the podcast into like an online community and even bigger conferences. And I just wasn't into it anymore. And I didn't want to hold her back. And I wanted to just be able to focus on Braid Creative and what we were building and creating there. And so I ended up selling Being Boss back to her. And so she is still running it. It's still wildly successful. I still appear on there every once in a while. And so longtime listeners love that. I I go on probably about once a quarter. And we are still business besties, um, probably even more so just real life besties at this point. And so, yeah, it was really interesting starting that podcast. And what I learned from that podcast as far as structuring content and creating pillars of content. So whenever we started that podcast, we thought, okay, if this is a book and there were chapters in this book, what are the topics that we're always hitting on? So we're always hitting on habits and routines, boundaries, work, life, uh, your community, and there's a couple others that ended up becoming the literal structure and outline for our book. So having that really narrowed focus or really clear focus on who we are and what we're talking about, I think is what gave that so much traction. But we were producing one to two podcasts a week, every single week for four years with no pause. So it was just, I mean, you know, Joe, how much work it is to do a podcast. So that plus coordinating guests and everything that just comes along with it, it became a lot of work. So anyway, I sold that podcast to her, but now I have taken what I've learned from podcasting and I'm branding podcasters slash authors now. So anytime I'm doing something or I'm into something, it only helps the work that I'm doing with my clients. And so I have now branded some pretty phenomenal podcasts, including one of my bigger ones is Pantsuit Politics. So they are on iTunes or I mean, they're on all the podcast networks, but um. They've been a longtime client of mine. I did their original, or not original branding, because they were around. I did their first like professional brand, and then I even did a rebrand for them more recently, a couple of years later. I also did um, a podcast called 10 Things to Tell You by Laura Tremaine, which then also turned into a book. So I am finding that I have attracted quite a few podcasters slash authors. Oh, another one is Modern Mrs. Darcy, which is a bookie, like a book review, okay. bookish podcast. And which is also now expanding into other areas. She is also an author. So really creating this niche. And because I understand podcasting and I understand the unique challenges and the marketing opportunities for podcasters, I'm really able to help them with their branding and positioning and translating that to the medium of podcasts. Wow. I've also had a fun podcast project for myself where I was like, okay, I want to I want to try and flip this on its head a little bit. So we did a podcast for, you know, I did a podcast for being boss for a long time. I thought, what would it look like to have a braid creative podcast? And I didn't want to just recreate what I had done over at being boss where I was I was talking a lot about branding over there. I wanted to create something highly niche. And so I created a podcast just for credit union marketers because now we are going into that financial silo again. So how could I create a highly limited series podcast? So we made one that's just six episodes long. That's it. And it's actually my business partners, Tara and Holly, who are the online hosts. But I did all of the behind the scenes producing. So it was also really interesting to be more behind the scenes because I have such a loud and forward facing personal brand that I've already created. So 
it really was like flipping it on its head and kind of doing the opposite of what I did for being boss. But my goal with that, and I would say for anyone who's starting a podcast now, is to just kind of have a specific goal in mind. And it doesn't have to be to get podcast sponsors or to monetize or yep. to, you know, get some sort of book deal or to have kind of the things that people tend to want, like in a big picture way, I would get really granular and really specific with starting a podcast. So my goal with this podcast was if I have 10 credit union marketers listening to them and I can maybe get one client out of this, like this podcast was a success. That's awesome. It, you like have full circle here. Like little did I know I'm talking to a podcast expert. So you can uh, tell me what uh, all the good things we're doing and all the bad things we're doing uh, right mean, after this, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. No, you're doing great. <laughs> like, it's very organized. It sounds great. Yeah, it's wonderful. No, yeah, that's that's great. It's such a – you have gotten yourself in – it sounds like you've you've made a career out of just, like, pointing into things that you're interested and you like, and that is being a true, genuine help to other people, and you're applying that across the board. And that is, I can see you're just like, you must be really loving the work that you're doing and, and all of those things across your career. Yeah, that's exactly right. And by, you know, by blending who I am into the work that I do, I'm able to attract clients that are into the same things that I'm into. So that's really all it is. It's kind of it's kind of selfish in a way. I'm I'm just sharing the stuff that I like that I'm currently doing that I'm experimenting with. So like even at the beginning of my career with Braid Creative, I was really into like cooking and I kind of got into the paleo world. Have you ever heard of the whole 30? Oh yeah. Okay, so I then because I was I did a, I tried it and I did a review on it and I ended up becoming friends with the founder Melissa Urban of Whole30 and so now sure. I've spoken at a few of her conferences on <laughs> personal branding and positioning to like her Whole30 uh, facilitators. Yep. And so it's really fun how that works out. Like if you're just into something and if you enthusiastically share what you're into, people will notice it and you will just start to attract like-minded people. And I find yep. that the culture of the internet today is a lot about talking about what we don't like and it's easy to get sucked into that. But I think that if you can really just be enthusiastic and share out loud what you're loving, you're just going to have a much better life for it and potentially better clients for it as well. 100%. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Um, that's unfortunately, though, Kathleen, that's all the time we have on uh, our show today. Thank you so much for being a wonderful, insightful guest. Thank you for having me. Of course. You can find Kathleen. Probably the easiest way to find her is at braidcreative.com, and she'll have links uh, to the different places that she uh, interacts with and all of these podcasts and all of those things. Um, and thank you to our listeners for joining us today. You can down, As always, you can download episodes of our program by going to fjordgedigital.com slash mindyourownmarketingbusiness or subscribing to uh, the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. 